Hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again for another episode. And this week, as promised, I wanted to talk a little bit about working with mental health, even if you're not actually in a career that is focused on mental health. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, you guys. I hope everyone has been having a good spring. So yeah, as promised, um, I'm back again with an episode about mental health. Um, before I jump into that, I just wanted to say thank you so much for continuing to hang in here with me while I go through kind of a busy time, um, but we're coming to the tail end of that. So I'll have this episode for you. I'm recording it and releasing it on the same day, which I don't normally do a little behind the scenes uh, note there for you. Normally, I record episodes fairly far in advance or at least a couple weeks in advance if I can if I can swing it. Um, but anyway, um, I should have some episodes back up for you guys in late May, early June, just to you know, a few of them, and then we'll start on a regular production schedule shortly after that. So looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, talking about the mental health topic or working with mental health, even if you aren't in a mental health profession. So in other words, um, having an awareness of or even um, specializing in a certain way um, in mental health when you are a massage therapist or physiotherapist or nutritionist or a uh, naturopath or some other profession that isn't specifically mental health. In other words, you're not a social worker or a psychologist or a psychotherapist or something that specifically works in mental health. That's not your actual profession. That's not actually your scope of practice or your schooling. You work in other ways with health. But you'd like to specialize in, specializes in quotes here, or you'd at least like to focus on people who are going through mental health challenges, or even you don't want to focus on that, but you want to have some understanding of mental health. Well, this episode is for you, but it's also an episode for kind of everybody working health, working in health, wellness, and fitness, as I always try to make all my episodes for. So even if you're you're not interested specifically in working in that, maybe you might find this interesting anyway. Um, hopefully you will. Um, I've, I've, I'm putting in some big chunks of food for thought here. So let, let me tell you about my own background about this and why I've kind of formed the opinions that I have. Because I mean, let's let's be clear here. Anybody's podcast you're listening to, it's their opinions and, and like the opinions of like the guests and like the, you know, the, the books that they've chosen to review or whatever it is. Nobody here has like the end all be all answer to anything, right? So obviously anything I say is my opinion on things. Um, that said, I have a fairly informed opinion. I'm not going to say that I'm like, again, you know, I'm, I ain't the end all be all. But so my story, um, as most of you know, I have worked in many different healthcare jobs over the years. Um, I'm not currently working as a healthcare provider, but I've been a medical receptionist and doctor's assistant. I've worked in long-term care. 
as an assistant. Um, so I wasn't specifically working medically with the residents, but I did meet many of them because, you know, my job was more um, behind the scenes administrative than it was medical, but I still saw what the environment is like and talked to the nurses and got to know a fair bit. Um, I've also worked in a chiropractic office uh, as an assistant, and I've also worked as a registered massage therapist, as most of you, or hopefully all of you know, I'm a retired, haha, registered massage therapist. Um, And I worked in many, many different clinical environments over those years. I worked um, in massage therapy only clinics. I worked in clinics with many different types of practitioners, including like physiotherapists and naturopaths and uh, MDs and doctors of chiropractic. Um, and who am I missing? I'm a shiatsu therapist, um, kinesiologists, personal trainers. I'm probably missing somebody. (laughs) So I worked in a bunch of different clinical environments and between all the different jobs that I've had plus personal experience, um, which is that I have dealt with depression and anxiety and other mental health challenges over the years um, from childhood until now, and I'm 40 years old. So I have, and also I've, I've um, dealt with it on the opposite side, i.e. I have been a, a loved one, a friend or a family member to other people that have dealt with, have been struggling with mental health challenges. So I have a fairly broad amount of experience with this kind of stuff. Um, including some incidents where when I worked at the medical clinic, we had to call 911 because of, because of stuff that was happening. But anyway, that's, maybe that's a story time for another episode. If somebody would like to hear the story time, send me an email and I can maybe consider doing that kind of thing. I know story time is a big thing on YouTube, but it's not so, not hit us over here in the podcast world so much. But anyway, that's where my opinions and ideas and thoughts have come from is all this, these many years of experience on multiple levels as a healthcare provider, as an assistant in a healthcare office, as a person experiencing some of the things, as someone helping family members and friends through things, etc. So again, you know, obviously it's just my opinion, but that's where it comes from, just so you guys know the background. So I'm going to warn you guys. I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit here with this issue, with this you know, sort of mental health issue. But given my experience, I kind of feel like I'm I'm slightly justified to be on my soapbox. You know, I mean, I, it doesn't give me the right to be a jerk about it, but I'm slightly justified. So here's the thing. I see this happen a lot in online groups. Facebook is probably the most common place that I see it, but I see it happen in other places as well. What will happen is someone will come in and they'll ask a benign question about something. And this is actually more general than mental health. This is like in general. They'll say, for example, hey, I have a client who's struggling with sleep. Sleep may be actually connected to mental health, as many of you know. Um, But I have a, a client who's struggling with sleep, and I've heard that there's some really good apps out there to help them with their sleep. Do you have any recommendations? I'd like to pass a couple along. And usually, like, some people recommend some things, like they'll say, oh, this app helped me, or this app helped a friend, or I know a client who uses this one and really loves it. And then you'll have, inevitably, the few people who come in and they're like, that's not in our scope of practice. You shouldn't be recommending that. And the reason why I switched to that voice will become more clear to you as you as you listen to the rest of this um, listen to the rest of this episode. But 
to me, and now I am getting on the soapbox a little bit, something being out of scope when it's something just small, like helping somebody out in that tiny way, like just, that's an excuse. That's an excuse to not try and help somebody. That's an excuse to not form connections with people. That's an excuse to kind of like put yourself on this like almost pedestal as being like above other people as human beings and like putting yourself in a box, okay? So what do I mean by that? Well, the perception I have is that quite a few people, and this is not everybody, okay, but a lot of people and massage therapists especially, but it's not just them. It's like, it's anybody who has a regulatory body of any kind. You've kind of gotten to the space, and again, this isn't everybody, where you're getting paranoid about things and you're so concerned about the college cracking down on you or getting sued by a patient or client that you are fearful of even doing the most basic things to maintain human connection with your clients. It's like, what the hell? If you are more concerned about getting sued or getting like the college on your back than helping people who need it, you need to rethink your career because I am sorry, you are supposed to be helping people. Now, let me be super clear here. You know, I am not saying go, just go and like say, um, start giving somebody counseling, like as in mental health counseling in the middle of a session. I am not saying that like massage therapists should do things that are clearly out of their scope. Like, oh, I can give you that allergy injection. I know how to do that. No problem. No, 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 no. I am not saying clearly go way outside the bounds of your your um, regulatory body or what you've been taught if you're not regulated, if you're in an unregulated profession. I'm not saying go way outside the bounds of what you know how to do just because you want to help somebody. No. But what I am saying is just how about just being human instead of being paranoid about your own neck and your own career? Like if somebody confides something in you, like they're having trouble sleeping or they've been under a lot of pressure lately and things are really bad at home or whatever, if somebody is actually connecting with you in that way and wants to share with you, well, how about just trying to help them out, you know? And helping them out does not mean, again, that you're going way outside your scope of practice. I am not telling you to do that. Well, how can you help, right? Well, you can help first off by just being sympathetic. And I hope all of you already do that. And don't just go, oh, this is outside of my scope of practice. I'm just going to stand here and like not say anything. Like, I really hope you don't do that. I hope that you are willing to... Engage with people, chat with people, you know, say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Or, oh, that that must be really hard. Or, oh, you know, how's that how's that affecting the rest of your life? Or whatever, like just chit-chatty type stuff. I'm not saying you should be counseling people, but just, you know, just have a heart. Be sympathetic, you know, be empathetic. You can also recommend benign things, you know, um, like books that you have read that might help them out or you know friends have read or apps that help with sleep or other things they might be dealing with or, you know, self-care type things that might help them in a small way, making it clear that you don't think this is like a cure-all. You're not suggesting that like self-care is, you know, some small self-care thing is going to help them resolve the problem, but just like making suggestions that, you know, they take a little time for themselves so they can take a step back, take a breather, start to process some of the things that have been going on. 
that kind of thing, right? Just these small little recommendations. I don't see any problem with that. That's like a human to human connection thing. And obviously, yes, if it is a situation where, you know, most of these things I'm talking about would be where you should refer them out to somebody like, like, don't just like stop the treatment, and say, sorry, I can't treat you anymore. You better go see your doctor unless, you know, like they've revealed you to something that isn't mental health, but is like something very, 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 very concerning. Like, hey, I think I had a heart attack yesterday. <laughs> OK, that's a whole other episode. But within the bounds of like mental health. So like they mentioned insomnia, they've mentioned depression type things. They've mentioned some anxiety. They mentioned other things that you're concerned for them. Then refer them on, you know, say like, have you talked to your doctor about this or ask them, you know, do they have somebody that can help them with this? You uh, can refer them out to psychotherapists that you feel would maybe be able to help them or other types of practitioners, um, counselors um, or naturopaths sometimes can help with these things. It depends on exactly what's going on, that kind of thing. So just having a list of practitioners that you really do trust, whether you you know them yourself or a very trusted colleague knows this person, um, that can go a long way between being empathetic and just like, again, you know, recommending small things like, hey, have you read this book? Or hey, have you tried this app? It might help you a little bit kind of stuff. I see zero issue with this. This is not going outside your scope of practice when you're just, especially if you make it really clear, like, hey, you know, I, like this is not really like massage therapy, say you're a massage therapist, it's not really massage therapy, but you know, hey, like I, I want to help you out a tiny bit. Have you tried this? It's so benign. It's not going to cause a problem. And if it does cause a problem, you've already referred them on to somebody who is an expert in that. And hopefully you're not re recommending them something that is like, like, for instance, don't recommend like supplements. I think that, unless you're a nutritionist already. Because um, I think that's like way out of bounds for somebody who doesn't work with like edible things. So, for example, here in uh, Canada, now that uh, uh, marijuana is legal, we might talk about something like CBD oil, even though I realize that's not the exact same. It's the same plant. But it's not the same thing. But people talk about it way more this year. As I mentioned in my trends video, uh, video. why did I say video? My trends podcast, um, what, a month or two ago? Um, but anyway, yeah, so if you work in a career where you're not actually um, getting people to uh, consume things, maybe don't recommend like nutrition changes, refer them, definitely refer them on for that. But just like I said, mild things, books, apps, like self-care stuff, I'm just chit-chatting with them, you know, so that they feel heard and they feel like somebody actually gives a crap. Because sometimes when you are struggling with mental health stuff, that is the most, th that's the thing you want the most, is just like somebody to like give a crap about you. Because you feel like nobody gives a crap about you a lot of the time. You feel, you, and you just feel like there's no point. Like everything just feels very blank and blah, right? So if you have that connection with somebody, if you're the person who's suffering, if you're the patient, that can go a long way to help them out. But basically what I'm saying is don't just go into this, well, sorry, that's outside my scope of practice, go talk to your doctor attitude because, and I know some people are doing that. And that shocks me because it's like you're putting this wall up between you and this other person and this person 
like they're a human being too. And it doesn't mean you need to get all fuzzy and like act like you're their BFF. And no, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying like, just, just be nice, like be sympathetic. You know, if you can help them in some small way other than referring them on to another health practitioner, do. But again, small things, little things, not things that are like way out there and you shouldn't be doing. And just remember too, you know, don't get into this um, fear reaction thinking that you, you know, this person's confided in you and now all of a sudden it's going to become your responsibility to, to quote unquote fix them, which is like a ridiculous notion anyway. Nobody's fixing anybody of anything. <laughs> like that's just not a thing. But you can direct them towards help. That's all. So you're not responsible to get them help, but you can at least like point them in a direction and help them out in that way. So that's kind of my very nicely worded. I try not to get ranty. Um, so Buck's speech for the moment is just that, like, don't use, oh, that's that's not in my scope of practice as your excuse to, like, not be nice to people and help people in small ways when they are struggling and they felt comfortable enough to come to you about something. Okay. Just and if and if that's how you feel, like you're so scared of getting sued or getting like in trouble with the college or whatever over again, really benign things. I'm not suggesting you start, like I said, no injections, don't be like prescribing people medication or pills or like over you know, even if it's like over the counter stuff, like, oh, go to the pharmacy and get this. No, 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 no. I'm not saying do that. Just really small, benign things to help move them in the direction they need to go. And refer them out to somebody else who can actually genuinely help them that, it, you know, who actually works in mental health and, you know, is a psychotherapist or a counselor or whatever the person needs. Okay. So to get down to the nitty gritty a bit more, if you actually want to work in mental health, so you don't have that fear and actually you're, you would love to um, specialize more in working in mental health. You think that it's um, really important to help people, but you're not interested in becoming a psychotherapist. Or are you, and I know dual registered um, massage therapist, psychotherapist, that's, that's a thing. Um, or, or like dual registered, you know, um, say nurse psychotherapist or other types of blends where the person went on to become a mental health provider and they do something else as their main, as their other career. I shouldn't say main career, but their other career. So, but if you want to do that, but not become a registered psychotherapist or like a counselor or anything like that, here's, here's my food for thought for you. So I haven't done this personally. I can't speak from personal experience in terms of like, I did X, Y, Z and this happened, right? But I can tell you from my experience as a, uh, just a human being living in the world who's experienced the things that I have that I mentioned at the very beginning, the first thing I'd recommend is you actually educate yourself, at least on a basic level, on what it's like to live with depression, anxiety, insomnia, a lot of those mental health and mental health related, Not insomnia is not always mental health, but sometimes it is, um, just all those kinds of struggles people might be having. And I don't, again, I don't mean you have to go back to school and get a degree, just get some education from, from people who actually know what they're talking about, Okay. <laughs> Don't, you know, like in some like wacky book, like just don't do that. Like read it from like reputable sources or talk to people who work in mental health. That might be even better. You know, you can also talk to people who've experienced these things. If you have friends and family or you yourself, you know, think, think through if I needed help, what would I want, you know, and then like talk to other people and find out like what, 
you know, what it's like, what they need, that kind of thing, just so you have a better understanding. I'm not suggesting, again, that you start counseling people, but just so you have a really good understanding of what those people are going through, how it feels in their body, how it feels in their mind, how it affects them emotionally, physically, spiritually, everything, right? But also, and I mentioned this earlier, if you do want to work with mental health as a non-mental health person, so as a massage therapist or physiotherapist or chiropractor or naturopath, naturopaths a bit more iffy because naturopaths have a much broader list of things they can do because they're they're sort of, well, yeah, we won't get, in, we won't get into the scope of practice of natu- naturopathy because it's kind of different in different countries. But anyway, naturopaths have a broader scope of things they can work with. But anyway, if you work in a career that isn't specifically mental health based, um, I would suggest first, again, the educate yourself. But second, make sure that you have that network of people you trust that you can refer out to. So, you know, a psychotherapist with with various specialties, because remember, not just like all of you, not all psychotherapists work with certain things. Like, for instance, I know a lot of psychotherapists don't do family counseling. And I know a lot of psychotherapists mostly just do um, CBT um, and they don't do other types of therapy. Oh, um, CBT, by the way, is uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. You might have heard that term before. It's basically, it's a way for people who are dealing with sort of like um, anxiety or, um, I mean, it's not just anxiety. It's like anxiety and depression and like sort of like they're very stressed and they have trouble just doing day-to-day tasks. It's a way to, like I'm trying to explain this in the most simple way possible, uh, keeping in mind that I'm not a psychotherapist, right, or anyone working in mental health, is basically methodologies for you to process what's going on in the moment so you can like get on with life. So I, I know that sounds like really like not explaining it very well at all, but it's it's basically like you stop, you look at the issue, you try to, you know, you challenge um, the thought that you're having so that you can, you know, um, mitigate the the stress that it's putting on you or like the anxiety feeling so that you can move forward and do what you need to do day to day. So it's like a coping mechanism in a way. Um, there's nothing wrong with CBT at all. Um, it's a very helpful type of therapy. However, I would say anybody I know who's done CBT always needs another type of therapy, um, either during or after, because CBT only helps you um, deal with like the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings that you're having day to day so that like you can, you know, understand them and like, you know, uh, give yourself kind of a reality check if you want to think of it that way so that you can move on and continue to do the things you need to do day to day, right? So like... You know, you're having a stressful thought and then you you look at it and you say, oh, well, you know, that's that's not true. That's just my stress talking. Um, and then you you transform it so that you can move forward um, with your day. I'm totally not explaining it very well, but um, I haven't done a ton of CBT um, and there's good reasons why. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, it's, you know, back on the specialties thing. Some therapists only really mostly do CBT because it's a very popular form of therapy or some only do like mostly mindfulness therapies. And again, those are popular and they're good. But honestly, for example, if somebody's gone through something very traumatic, they might need a trauma therapist. If someone's gone through like has PTSD, again, trauma therapist. If um, somebody's going through marital struggles, you do need to find somebody who does um, 
marital and family counseling, even if like they just go to individual therapy, it needs to be somebody who's like good with that kind of stuff. Um, grief counseling, it might be better if you found somebody who specializes in grief because grief is a very, uh, it's pretty specialized topic. If you are in a small town and literally there's only like one or two health, you know, mental health practitioners available, that's fine. Just refer them to whoever you trust. But um, if you work in a bigger space, like a bigger city like Toronto, like, like you know, where I live um, currently, well, uh, there are people out there that specialize in all kinds of different things. So just look for the right people and get to know them um, and make sure that, you know, you trust referring people to them like you you feel comfortable um and also uh, I find personally a good thing to ask is that if someone contacts them and their practice is full um what do you do like do they refer out or do they just kind of say sorry I can't help you um because so I found in my own life that both happen you would think that people always try to refer out especially when it comes to mental health, but they don't. Sometimes you'll contact a therapist and say like, hey, do you, are you taking new clients? And they'll say, no, I'm not, you know, um, but I wish you the best in your, in your search. And it's like, on the one hand, I, I understand because sometimes like maybe you don't know anybody else in the community, you don't have anybody to refer to. But if you can find people who are able to refer out to other colleagues they trust who do similar types of therapies, that's better because at least it gives somebody continual f forward momentum to get the help that they need. So having that referral list for, you know, mental health practitioners and also non-mental health practitioners that you trust to deal with mental health in a kind and gentle and respectful way um, especially, um, I will bring this up briefly. Um, I am not a member of this community, but I think it's important. Um, if you know, um, mental health and non-mental health practitioners who are GBLTQ plus friendly, educated, respectful, all that kind of stuff, um, that's even better, um, to have that referral list because the people who have experienced that in their life, um, whether they are like the partner of somebody or they themselves, um, have a different gender identity or whatever's going on with them. Um, that's something that not all mental health practitioners really fully understand. So I think it's good to have somebody who specializes in that so that they can really relate and understand the person and what's going on with them. So yeah, so first, if you wanna work in mental health, make sure you educate yourself, get to know other people who work in mental health, have a great referral list and you know, um, finally, just back on the soapbox, kind of talking to the opposite side. Do remember that you aren't a mental health practitioner. So don't start just treating the person yourself. Okay. But what I am suggesting is that you get a circle of care around the person and pull people into that. So if you haven't heard the idea of the circle of care, it is basically that like, one human being, if they have medical things going on, should have like a circle around them of practitioners who are helping them with that medical issue. If it's a very simple issue that the practitioners might just be like a, a handful of people. It might be like a doctor, a nurse who help who uh, helps them at the appointment, the receptionist maybe you could kind of consider because they talk to the receptionist off and on and the receptionist might like call the pharmacy on their behalf and that kind of stuff. 
Um, and then there might also be like a therapist involved, like a psychotherapist or counselor of some kind, you know, that might be the circle of care. It might be much wider. There might be like naturopaths, there might be massage therapists, physiotherapists, there might be all kinds of pe people in that circle of care. But the idea here is that you're not actually going to treat the person's mental health stuff yourself. You're going to be kind, compassionate. You're going to help them with the aspects that make sense for you as a massage therapist, physiotherapist, whatever it is you do. And you're also going to, if they need it, pull other people into that circle of care with obviously the person's consent. So like help them out, say like, hey, you know, I, I, there's this therapist I really recommend for you. I think they can help you out. So that's really it in terms of working in mental health is just having some respect for it, but also, you know, not just kind of like being afraid of it. Because I think a lot of people, because mental health has a lot of stigma, people are kind of afraid of it. But I don't think we need to be afraid of it. I think, I think we need to actually stop being afraid of it. We need to smash the stigma. We need to have more respect for it. And we also need to remember that like when you're going through mental health stuff, it affects the whole body. So, you know, if somebody's bringing that up to you as a, as a, say, a physical body practitioner, let's put it that way. It sounds a bit funny, but like a massage therapist, chiropractor, et cetera, people who work with the physical body and not the mind, uh, for the most part, for the most part, um, it does affect, obviously, right? Stress really affects the body. So, and it doesn't have to be that simply like your prescription is like prescription in quotes here is to just give the person relaxation massage. There might be other things that they need, you know, help with in their body. Maybe like, maybe like their jaw, like they need TMJ treatment because their jaw is just like so freaking tight and like and locked up because of stress. Or maybe they need uh, like therapy on their legs because um, in order to deal with, um, in order to deal with the mental health stress that they've had, they've been going out and like running like kilometers and kilometers every single day in order to kind of like have a little bit of relief, but like they're not taking care of themselves while they do it, etc. I could go on. That's just some, you know, ideas of the ways that it can affect the body beyond just simply like needing relaxation, right? And not everybody wants the relaxation anyway. Some people like find better, you know, they feel better with other types of therapy. So yeah, that's today's episode really, is just to give you some food for thought about mental health. We need to stop being afraid of things. We need to stop being afraid that like the boogeyman is going to come get us and like our regulatory body is going to like, you know, you know, give us crap for it. Like just sometimes people just want human connection and you can help them out. You know, you can be sympathetic. You can be kind. You can... You can recommend small things. And if you want to work in mental health, I really strongly suggest you do it, actually, if you feel comfortable. But again, make sure you've got that support system around you for that you can help people out with the more, um, the more specifics of what's going on with them. So have that referral list. Have that list of people who can help them uh, more specifically. And you can help them with the other aspects that are going on in their body, mind that, you know, that... Uh, that you can help them with. All right, so I can't promise I'm going to have a new episode up in the next few weeks. I'm traveling next week, but uh, I will um, be back with you guys with another episode definitely sometime in May. All right, take care and talk to you guys soon. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening into this week's podcast episode. I really do appreciate your time. If you're new to the podcast, hey, let me introduce myself. 
My name is Candace Eisner and I am a former registered massage therapist in the province of Ontario. I like to say retired registered massage therapist actually because it sounds a little bit more fun. Hey, Freedom 35! But let's be real here for a second. I'm not actually retired. I am retired from the profession of massage therapy, but what I'm doing these days is I am helping those who work in health care or fitness or wellness build practices and businesses that really align with who they are and what they want out of life. That is really my big mission. That is important to me. So if you head on over to happylittlebiz.com, you can read a little bit more about who I am and what I'm about and read some of my free articles that I have available. You can also keep listening to this weekly podcast. I'd love it if you did that. And actually speaking about that, if you do enjoy the podcast, if you find it helpful, I would be so appreciative if you would share this episode or share another episode with friends or relatives or other people you know who work in health and wellness and fitness so that we can have more people listening to the podcast. And the more people that listen, the more topic ideas or requests I get, the better the podcast is. It works out well for all of us. So you can just share this on social media. You can share it by email, wherever you like you want to go. Um, if you need a link, head on over to happylittlebiz.com. You can get a link to my podcast episodes there, or you can just link people to Happy Little Biz. That would be great too. So thanks again. I really do appreciate it. This is it for this week's podcast, and I will see you back here next week.